Welcome back. <laughs> Whoa, we're back. We are back. H- have you been? Same James? old. <laughs> <laughs> have you been? It's been a while. I told myself I wouldn't say the same old, same old. But <laughs> yeah, it's been same old. Mm. What's been new in your life, IJ? What's been happening? It's been, it's, how long has it been? Like three weeks now? Yeah, yeah. We had quite a substantial, uh, I guess, pause. Since John. Since our last guest, John, yeah. But um, I think, yeah, we were just, yeah, for me, uh, nothing really new. Just um, business as usual. Business as usual. B-A-U. Um, just, yeah, just really been, I guess, doing life. Hey, you had your birthday party. Yeah. You oh, your birthday party. that's right. Thanks for exposing me. I have aged <laughs> another year. I, uh, yeah, you came. I invited you. Got to see all your close mates as well. That's right. For those, uh, just to let everyone know, I had a birthday party. And what I did was I invited my new church friends and also my old church friends. And I did something a bit different, something a bit diabolical, where I know a lot of introverted people will probably feel uncomfortable by this thought <laughs> or notion, but I made yeah. them talk. <laughs> James, would you care to share? What did I do that night? Well, IJ got us to like, yeah, mingle with, um, mingle with each other and just talking to, I guess, from my point of perspective, I had to talk to IJ's old friends or old church friends, get to know them a bit. And then we prayed for each other as well. So that was something new. Um, yeah, you usually don't do that on birthday parties, but <laughs> IJ, that's something else that, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, it's good. Yeah, well, my thought process behind it was that um, I, I just found it really refreshing when I came to a new church and met new Christians because I guess from my previous church, I've been going to my previous church for like the last seven years. Yeah. And so, you know, when you go to a church for a while and you feel like you go through the motions and you feel like you're always surrounded by the same people. And so the one of the refreshing things I found when I moved churches was meeting and going to one family church because it's a lot bigger, just meeting new Christians. Mm. And I just find that really refreshing because I feel like I know them, but I don't know them in that I know them because I can confidently talk about my faith and like just be open and candid without feeling like they're judging me or this and that because, you know, we're all gathered there as the body of Christ and we Mm. believe and profess in the same thing. So you can feel comfortable with a stranger. And I just feel like that's a fascinating um, thing to experience as a Christian. And I just wanted my, I guess, my friends to experience that um, because I know in both circles, you know, that, you know, we're, we're comfortable in our Christian bubble, but it's even more of a blessing to see the body of Christ to be, extended further than that bubble into other churches and especially i guess in my old church the only other church interaction that they kind of do is with other anglican churches and Mm. so this was something different where an an anglican group of guys and presbyterian group of guys came together and were able to pray for one another Mm -hmm. and i just was like yeah from my party this year i wanted to do something more substantial you know, we always say prayers like, let our conversations glorify you. And I'm like, literally, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, your friends are an interesting group of men. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're all very wholesome boys. They're all very awesome men. Um, I had a good time chatting to them. Yeah, but I wish, I wish you can bring them to church one day. Yeah, and visit. I know some of them want to visit. Like my previous co-host in my other podcast, The Deluxe Corner from my old church, yeah. Vin, he mentioned, yeah, he wanted to visit. And also, he watches every episode. So, shout out shout to Vidang. I love you, my brother. <laughs> He's my guy. <laughs> no, I love, I love my 
Church Brotherhood right there. But yeah, you met, you met, Bid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we joked about how um, I, I, I kind of, I kind of stepped in, stepped in between you guys, <laughs> and, uh, ruined the bromance. <laughs> yeah, but shout out, Vin. Yeah, Vin, we appreciate you. And all the other, and all the other gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. On that night. Yeah. Well, what about you? Um, how how how's your week been? My week's been alright. Oh, actually, yeah. I uh, I did sprain my ankle. Oh. Um, playing Oztag last Monday. So yeah, like I couldn't really walk on my right right ankle. It's oh. better now, but okay, thank God. Yeah, but I've joined the ankle injury club. I think Asians are known to have very bad ankles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But hopefully it's not like a big injury. Like a, I did hear like a, Ooh. while I like twi- like kind of s- twisted it. Right. Oh, so it sounds like something. But I didn't rattled. hear. I didn't hear like a pop. Oh, okay. So well, that's good. Surely it's not like a yeah. bad injury. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, just being same old, same old. Yeah. <laughs> work, uni, work, work, uni, and then podcast. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we have an interesting night tonight, and I'm excited to kind of get into it. But before we do that, we're going to do our usual thing, and that's play our intro. And we'll be right back. Who's our guest for today, IJ? Who is our guest? <laughs> well, our guest is no one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to deal with our boring faces. Uh, no, our, our guest couldn't make it, but um, mm. we still decided to go along. Mm. So it's bad news, but good news at the same time. You can kind of sit back and relax. It's a bit of a more... How can I say? More down down to um, chill, just a chill vibe today. Just a chill yeah, vibe. yeah. It's a it's a chill vibe. It's an opportunity, I guess, for us hosts also to to be in the hot seat, so to speak, to be able to um, yeah, get to know us as hosts a bit more. Because you know we have as per usual, we always interview guests and we get to know the guests. And yeah. So it's nice to have a little corner where it's it's you know we we get to talk about something uh-huh, that uh-huh. i guess a hot topic or whatever it may be but yeah that's exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah get to know the king's army podcast host did you, did you have anything prepared like um i guess where where, where can we start off from where can we start from mm. yeah this is weird because normally we have a structure but yeah. we're, we're coming in a bit more uh more organic um but i guess did you have any fun questions this week or was it just more like Um, let's get straight into it (laughs) yeah not really um i guess we can start off from like yeah it's it is our ninth episode Mm. and if you add up all the maths that's like equivalent to approximately 10 10 hours worth of speaking to each other so Mm. that's we can speak we can say how like how have you felt about this podcast? Mm. Um, 
what have you learned or like right. any, any yeah. anything on your mind about this podcast how's the experience yeah i feel um yeah that's a good place to start in that yeah so far i've really enjoyed the podcasting experience this time around with yourself james and also just the experience of having the opportunity to intentionally get to know um my christian brothers mm -hmm. whom i guess in the normal we wouldn't have this space in the normal sense of church and, and and small groups just to be able to have an extra um piece of of time to to chat and get to know yep. so i've just been finding it really encouraging to be able yep. to um yeah do this also it's just been fun learning and and fascinating because i guess every week our guests are very different people mm. and so they have very different views and outlooks and seasons mm. of and they're very in seasons different seasons of life and mm. and different seasons of faith as well mm. so it's just been refreshing to see people at different stages and, and meeting them where they are yeah definitely <laughs> but also i want to turn back to you this is your first time podcasting or doing anything like this how have you found this experience well yeah um i've always wanted to produce content though that's the thing i've always wanted okay. I, i've always liked being creative and things like that um and i think this is a good outlet i guess to almost yeah like get out of my comfort zone a bit um because i've always been like wary of what i do online as well mm. um but it's it's been a good space to i guess just be my honest self and then talk one-on-one -on -one or um within like a group of boys mm. i think yeah like you said it is a good opportunity to get to know the boys from our church but also yeah have a discussion um an honest discussion between each other and what's on our mind like i said on, on episode one um yeah but i've i've enjoyed i've enjoyed every every episode except mm. for um except for marty's and <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, how did i kind of know you're gonna go in that direction where he's like except for one i'm like nah he's gonna say marty <laughs> no but yeah, like even like about workplace mm. people ask me what i did over the um, weekend or mm. i say yeah I, I i shoot a podcast and like oh really Mm. and they like uh, they expect me to be the last person to be mm. doing a podcast mm -hmm. so they get very interested and they um like yeah my assist like my manager or my assistant manager his name is ethan mm. um if you're watching this yeah it's it's good because you get to hear my opinions as a christian mm. oh, and um i guess yeah and you can ask me questions during work mm. and then like that's how I, that's discussions just come up naturally like that yeah and it's good to have these questions as well. Yeah. As men. But yeah. yeah. Overall, it's been nice. What's something that you feel like you've learned about yourself during this process? During this process? Mm. During a podcast? Mm-mm-mm. Hmm. That's a deep question. Let me think about it. Okay. Do you, do you, do you have something that you learned? Um, I think, well, over the podcasting, I guess um experience from what i carried over previously i think it made me because in my previous church i was also a bible study leader growth group leader it made me a better growth group leader in that mm. i could facilitate conversations more naturally oh. yeah because before i feel like when you Definitely. have that bible study dynamic you have this kind of like you know teacher student kind of feel sometimes yeah. when you when you have it but when 
when you learn to just have candid, organic conversations naturally and also around, you know, Christian mm-hmm, topics mm-hmm. or thing and, and just genuinely invest in these conversations. Mm-hmm. I feel like it helped me grow as a Bible study leader because it took that dynamic shift from being like a teacher or trying yeah. to get an answer, but rather have a have a normal conversation with a normal person and be like, yeah, how do you reckon this topic or, or this Bible verse or just, you know, mm-hmm. interacting with one another. It just made me better at, at interacting naturally because yeah. I was just like, yeah, this is just like another conversation. Yeah. Mm. I guess so. Cause like as a host, mm. you are like facilitating, you are uh, answer, asking questions, mm. you're trying to like fill in, like fill in the um, pauses. Mm. And then I guess, yeah, you learn. I, I can, I, I can I agree to that. I can agree to that. Um, I think for myself, Definitely, like, just speaking in general. Mm. I looked at episode one and I was, like, horrified. The amount of times I say, like, 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 <laughs> I, I probably still say like a lot, but, right, right. yeah, um, practicing speaking itself is a good skill to have and mm. I think that's a, something I learned. Better at conversations kind of thing. Yeah. I think one thing that I noticed that, because, um, you know, I edit every episode, so I have to watch every episode, um, through so I've watched every episode like twice through in editing oh, process, wow. <laughs> but I've one thing I've noticed about you that in every episode, I like toward the more recent ones, you've be improved a lot in your active listening. Uh, in that, like I think before you're a bit more quiet, but like yeah. when someone says something, I can really see that you're invested in what they say and you uh-huh. really try to interact. Whether you just active listening in that, like you reaffirm what uh-huh, they say uh-huh, uh-huh. by being like, Oh, I understand. Cause da, 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 da. like, uh-huh. you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just to have that ability, um, is a valuable yeah. in, in general in, in, in terms of just being a relational person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's helpful to be an active listener where you don't just sit back and be quiet, but you like interact uh-huh, uh-huh. and speak back. Definitely. Validate. Definitely. Yeah. That's something I have to work on to be honest. Um, Hopefully, I get better at it. Uh, you, well, you are. Let me say, you are. You are like becoming, um, yeah, better at, at at listening and thing. Because you 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 formulated a lot of great questions as well. I was like, <laughs> oh, he was listening and he's thinking about uh, what, what what question he should ask next. And yeah. I found that really like encouraging to yeah. see, um, you know, your passion and growth for for this I guess kind of activity. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, other than that. Um, is there anything like you you wanted to share? I, I know that um, we knew like in this week that we wouldn't have a guest, so mm-hmm. I guess you did think about what we could talk about on this podcast specifically. Mm-hmm. But is there something that you want wish to share with all of us? Um, what's been on your heart? Yeah, well, you kind of mentioned um, the word outlet, um, and then one of the things that I find as a helpful outlet, not only podcasting but also writing down mm. <laughs> my emotions and and sharing. I guess yeah. I heard. Do you do you write anything down? I write myself. Yeah. Oh, you do. Yes. Yeah. What was I guess something that you wrote down previously? Um, that I guess that helped you. Like yeah. Let Let's take the time to just if you wanted to share uh-huh. just a little something that you feel like you wrote down but since have kind of grown or you know kind of navigated mm-hmm. through with god mm-hmm. is there anything in terms of yeah like just in terms of writing as well like mm-hmm. like i just said it is a great outlet um so i do i do re- i do recommend like i even recommend it, recommend it to my um work people as well mm-hmm. getting your thoughts down on paper it mm-hmm. clears your mind um recently like i've had a grade dinner church grade dinner as well 
And um, the number one topic I think we were talking about was how quick time flies. Mm. I'm turning 23 and like a lot of my grade, yeah, they're like, they are all going into full-time jobs here and there. Are slowly, slowly going into full-time jobs, finishing up our studies. And we're beginning to realize how, oh, wow, our teachers that we had in high school are now getting married, are now having kids. Mm-hmm. And then we're slowly going into their full-time positions that they went into when they were teaching us. And then it brought up, the, like, yeah, it brought up like, oh, wow, like, yeah, time really flies. Um, and sooner or later, like, that's, it, we're just going to be, re- like, repeating the cycle. Mm. So that was very interesting, um, hearing everyone's perspectives. Um, and everyone, like, said the same thing. Yeah, like, they really agree that time flies. And I did write it down on my journal as well. Um, and I have, I feel like I have a bit of, like, a, I, I, I am sometimes, like, a bit too hard on myself. Mm. I try to, like, I try to think I'm... Um, I try to be too old and like a lot of my, a lot of my workmates tell me that as well. Like James, you're just too serious. Mm. Just um, slow it down, slow it down. But yeah, like just in terms of um, putting pressure on myself into, mm. in that sense, mm. comparing myself with someone who is someone who is older now, but mm. when he was my age, ah. he was already doing this or that. Right. right and right. like, I would compare myself with like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's quite normal. Like people tend to oh, really? compare themselves <laughs> to other people. Okay. So but in different <laughs> ways. But yeah, no, but at least, yeah, yeah. I can yeah, see yeah. what you mean in your end. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it's, I realize, yeah, it's, it's not as much as it is a good force to push you from mm. behind. They do say you are the like, average of five people you hang around with. Um, it's, it's a good force to have um, to push you to become, I guess, someone in society. Mm. But at the same time, not being so pressured by everyone. Mm. You should also have yeah, yeah, your own ambitions, your own individual like timeline. Mm. Everyone moves at their own pace, basically. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Everyone moves at their own pace. Mm. You don't compare yourself to so- who someone else was when, you're, they were a- when they were your age. Yeah. Or I guess when yeah. you were like kind of comparing yourself and, and feeling like, oh, maybe I should be here like this person were you feeling a bit anxious or like, yeah, what were you, what was that leading it you to for people to be like, Hey, slow down. Like, yeah. Where do you feel like you were going in that regard? Anxious. I'm not too sure. I think I would say, yeah, definitely. Like, how would you describe anxious? I, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. anxious, yeah. Being a bit anxious and then um like it's something that you feel uneasy about and it kind of consumes part of your mind and then like pushes you towards certain decisions kind of thing. I guess so. Mm. Yeah, like I'd I'd say yeah. Not like not like anxiety, anxiety. Right, right, right. But just just a oh I should be in this position. Mm. But I'm not. What can I do to fix myself to reach that position sooner? And later, uh, yeah, like it's, okay, it's okay. just that type of feeling, but it's not like a poking, like you're losing sleep over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, okay, yeah, 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 I see what you mean. But that's that's what was um that's but that's been that's what's been on my minds <laughs> um recently. And I guess in that, I guess has has there been any like 
biblically informed perspectives that you've kind of, um, you know, kind of reflected on to help you navigate through that, I guess, idea of like, I should be here, I should be here, like kind of comparing and stuff. Like, have you mm. found, like, yeah, have you found any encouraging things from the Bible that have grounded you in, in, I guess in any perspective? I think it's Proverbs 16, 16 9. Mm-hmm. I think it talks about how a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Oof. So we can have all these plans in our minds. Yeah. But if the Lord's not behind them, then it's it's just, I guess, it's just our thoughts. Yeah. It's just our ambitions. Yeah, so like, yeah, it, it comforts me in the sense that I could have all these things I want to do, where I want to be, who I want to be. Mm. But at the end of the day, the Lord is sovereign and the Lord has in mind what I am to become or who, what I am to do in yeah. the future. Yeah. So, yeah, as much as like from my point of view, I should be putting in the work to try hard and become, I guess, the man that God's desiring me to be. Mm. As much as I am doing that, also God is like working in me. He's preparing, he's opening doors here and there. Yeah. I, I, I have to trust in his um, yeah, direction. Because yeah. Yeah. especially, in, I guess, in your season, you, you, like right now, it's it's not certain or very clear how mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. future will, will be. Yeah. And I guess when you're in that season of life or, you know, when you're in that place where you're you're not sure how God is yeah. going to eventuate or, or show you how things are going to be, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All we so then like it puts us in a place where all we can do is stay in the present, and I found that yeah, my mom talked to me about this actually, and I found it really helpful to put things in perspective. And that like this idea of like we can't see in the future, and we can never be in the future because mm-hmm. we're always going to be in the present, in the present moment. And so all we can do is kind of make moves in the present, um, but as long yeah. as those moves, you know move toward god and then you know god is has everything else Uh in place and will make things work um as long as we continue to follow him um you know eventuate the plan that he has for us um so yeah yeah i guess yeah i guess this is like a lifelong thing to be honest Mm. not just happens in your 20s yeah i'm sure like men in their 30s like think about oh this 40 year old male is like doing this i should be at this position yeah, like, yeah. I think it's a lifelong thing and then like I think it only makes sense when we look back on it mm. in hindsight like mm. you see God's fingerprints all over exactly yes I like that just the yeah. the the idea of hindsight and how you are able to then see oh I understand why God you did this or you said no to this mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. closed that door mm-hmm. it was for this yeah <laughs> but yeah and that's why it's called faith because then we have faith yeah. in the things that are somewhat sometimes are unknown mm-hmm how about you ij what's been uh what's been on your heart yeah well i guess i wanted to take the time to also kind of maybe take a th- uh, time to reflect on i guess where i was in the last couple of years especially during lockdown i just know from the top of my head the last three years were like the hardest three years of my life um just because for so many reasons mm. um i think you know, when you're in your late 20s and approaching your 30s, I think that sentiment that you were experiencing of um, where it should be, where, like, you feel it more in your late 20s because that's when everyone else around you is growing up. And so, like, when you're not following that pattern, when you're not, you know, 
when you're in your 30s, when you're in your 30s, most of your friends will be married by then. And, and some of them will even have their second kid by now. Right now in my high school group chat, like I, the boys are talking about their third child. Like I'm just like, wow, I'm not even like, I just, I just go to the gym and <laughs> that's all I do. Like I'm, I'm like, I just woke up today and they're just like, oh yeah, look after my third child. <laughs> like it's just such a, such a difference. And yeah. so I feel like for me, it's really hard not to compare yourself. I think because, you know, having a family, having children, that's, that's a good Christian, you know, that's a good gift from God. Mm -hmm. And to have that longing is a normal, healthy Christian longing to have. And to be in a life stage where, yeah, essentially, I feel like I'm the only one in my age demographic, at least in my circle of friends, church friends, high school friends, that isn't married or even in a relationship, at least my other friends who aren't married are in relationships and moving toward there. I just feel like in my current life stage, like it just, it just hasn't happened. And, um, I guess I wanted to share a diary entry <laughs> that I had, um, during the midst of that struggle and during lockdown, during COVID and lockdown, when I, I didn't have my interactions mm -hmm. with my friends physically because, you know, we're all in isolation and, yeah, just feeling the, the down in the dumps because I was isolated. I felt left behind. I felt just all these different pressures starting to build up. And um, I guess I just wanted to be honest about what it feels like to kind of go through um, struggle. And, and one of the things I wrote... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to share something from my diary. I'm ready to listen. Man. It's called Emo Diaries. Not <laughs> <laughs> I was just very emotional, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought about um, yeah. my emotions. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I really thought about my emotions mm. and honestly had to write it down because I felt like it was helpful, almost therapeutic to be like, hey, this is how I honestly feel. And so this is what I wrote. This was on the 13th of the first 2021 well, that was january of last year almost a year ago or more just under anyway um so it was reflection okay i said this week i just feel down on tuesday i had a little breakdown just feeling sad and lonely the longing to be in a relationship um started to get to me i found myself thinking why don't i look why don't i um look or put myself out there and part of me thinks i will I, I'm, wait, I want to not look, to wait on God and his will. And when the time is right, he will provide. But at the same time, part of me thinks that I'm afraid and tired of putting myself out there, um, only to feel like I'm not good enough, like I'm too afraid of rejection and looking like a fool. It got me thinking why I'm so afraid of looking foolish. Is it pride or is it because of my childhood of never feeling like I was good enough. Um, and so I have this need to make myself be known, to make myself uh, be seen, because if I'm seen, I feel like I matter. So why am I afraid of looking foolish? Let's look at it. Um, let's look at how it feels to feel foolish. I wrote dot points. I feel dumb. I feel slow. I feel people are a step ahead of me and felt left behind feel like my i feel like i'm worthless 
And when someone makes me feel this way or if a situation makes me feel this way, my defense is to withdraw, to distance myself, to protect my heart, um, is to run away. To protect my pride is to hide. I go down this path of just cutting people off because deep down, at the same time, I want people to, to kind of miss my presence and to make me feel that I matter. The negative effect of this is that I put strain on my relationships and and I feel the strain like because I feel like I want to reach out, but at the same time, I don't want to reach out because I want them to reach out. During this time, I am highly sensitive and I question and I trust nothing and my mind doubts everything. Uh, questions of good or hope, my mind is negative and feel... Um, and feels good being alone at the same time I don't feel good being alone so my mind doesn't make any sense all I don't know is that I'm paralyzed by my pride so that was an <laughs> that was an intense <laughs> entry of I guess emotion of I guess the low this was like the lowest of lows I was feeling um and um I think yeah I think like in all honesty, I still feel do I still feel that way at times, even now, a year later, if I were to reflect on it. But at the same time, I feel like I'm in a better place being able to navigate through that. Um, I think I've um, been able to uh, just draw closer to God and and reassure myself mm -hmm. more. So I don't go down that path because I know that when I get down, that's how my spirals look like emotionally. Yeah. I just get down in the dumps, have a pity party. I feel yeah, sorry yeah, yeah, for yeah, myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've just learned to, um, to try and reflect and be thankful. Um, that's something that I am, um, that I can't, that I can't, um, really think about because i haven't experienced i haven't experienced mm. it yet mm -hmm. but like from your perspective when you do see that happening um and then you begin to compare yourself mm. to your friends when they are like you said passing the milestones of life mm. um how do you like how do you how do you come out of that how did you come out of that like that slump yeah um i Just think through um a mixture of things i think one aspect is um being around christians um and also communicating exactly what i wrote down i ended up telling people how i actually felt and they were able to better support me whether it be encouraging me um by then intentionally spending time with me and and even reading the bible with me um, you know, that helped me get out of the sun because a sense of community, a sense of um, Christian brotherhood and camaraderie yeah. where um, you, you, you become a part of their lives yeah. helps. And I guess also um, for me, going to therapy has really helped because when I voice how I feel, um, I'm able to like then internalize it and also to be able to take a step back and recognize that oh that helped 
that that thought pattern is not healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not going to do me any good dwelling on yeah. on those emotions even though it's good to express it to let it out but to be able to move past a slump like that you have to be um willing. take yeah be willing and take the initiative to be like oh oh well, firstly recognize that oh i don't want to feel I, I i have the ability to to not let my mind um make me spiral in that way and go into a self-pity mode mm-hmm. but rather sidestep it and be like hey okay that's helpful emotions but i just feel like that's not going to be helpful to dwell on that and what is truth is god's word and what he says so mm-hmm. you know passages like romans eight twenty eight brings a lot of reassurance where you know god works for the good of those who love for those he has called and planned and predestined like there's just that biblical perspective of god's bigger plan uh-huh. um really helps me kind of uh navigate through the doubts i guess that satan uh-huh, and the uh-huh. devil will try and bombard you build yeah. this stronghold like your life's hopeless or yeah. you can't think like you better find something else to fulfill you but you know it's god's word that grounds me in truth and i use it as a weapon to you know w- what was the way in which jesus responded to satan in the desert what did he quote Man like should not live on bread alone or? yeah like like scripture yeah. so he, he he refuted satan with scripture like um and so yeah but yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah. so i feel like it's the same thing in our christian walk uh, that there is this kind of spiritual warfare that will co- come against us in our minds and and to way the way in which he builds strongholds is through those slumps uh-huh. and through that sadness but uh-huh. to be able to cut that down uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, before it gets there is is what i say helps say like you know how i'm sure there are there are other circumstances or situations that lead to us trying to pity ourselves, and I, f- mm. I feel like that's the first wrong step we all take mm. as men mm-hmm. when something goes wrong yes and then um i guess from there how would you say like from this position of pitying yourself, mm. where have you moved on to now? In terms of like, how do you view yourself now? Like, not yeah. not not view. What's a better word for? Because like you view you you pitied yourself. Mm-mm-mm. I guess now you uphold yourself. Or yeah. Or yeah. No. I like that's. I think that's a good question. In that, like, I think the way I see it is that. Um, this idea of identity mm-hmm. but at the same time i feel like yeah I, I i'm just able to rather than say i feel sorry for myself i'll just let that mindset go and and have my view and identity kind of be intertwined with god's view of me mm-hmm and that view is that I am adopted. I have been bought at a price, you know, through the blood of Jesus, and that mm-hmm. that makes me valuable to God. Mm-hmm. Um, that God was willing, and Jesus was willing to uh-huh. sacrifice Himself uh-huh. for uh-huh. me. Shows that, you know, God values us not because of what we've done. I say it just goes back to the heart of the gospel to reassure myself. Um, I guess in terms of. Yeah, re re like you know, re, perce- how I perceive myself in this world is is not of 
um, comparison to where I think I should be in the context of people, but rather in in the context of um, what the Bible says. And mm. having that then reiterate my, um, you know, identity gives me that confidence of being like, oh, you know, God has a plan, yeah. and has a purpose. And so I'm not look feeling sorry for myself. I'm saying, no, I'm just in a different season from other people. And then from there, like you start, you, do you begin to like take responsibility of your actions mm. um like okay this is where i'm at mm. as much as the bible tells me who i am mm. i sort of I, sh- I should take that into account and use that to take responsibility over my life mm. um yeah, yeah and one of those things that i'm doing um is just meeting up with people yeah, yeah. um i meet up with people because in my singleness i have time you know that's a lot of that's one of the things in one Corinthians where Paul talks about, you know, the benefits of being single. Um, you know, that's one of the benefits is that you're, you, you have more time. Your attention is not divided mm-hmm. the way in which it would be if you were married. But when you're single, you have time. And so I really took that on. And, you know, I've been reading the Bible with people outside of, you know, church commitments and just in the everyday, whether it be just hanging out with people and saying, hey, let's read the Bible or mm-hmm. intentionally talking about, you know, Jesus and or the sermon or whatnot after church and just looking for spaces and spheres where I can be more active because I think one of the things I learned is that my time isn't my time, it's God's time. And so I've been able to reconstruct how I use my time rather than for my own, you know, fulfillment. I Mm -hmm. use it to honor God because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, any of us could could die Mm -hmm. (laughs) at any moment. And so it's just like... Might as well make yeah. the present moment matter. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah. That's uh, that's where I want to like lead it, lead, lead this discussion towards, like mm. in terms of identity. Mm. Um, we did talk about it earlier. Like we we're discussing what topics we wanted to share, and then um, in the car, IJ did bring up the topic about identity. Mm. It's such a generic topic, mm. such a cliche topic <laughs> that. We all talk about in like high school camps and stuff, <laughs> identity. Yeah, but it is such an important topic. Yeah. Um. I guess a, a question we can start off from is, who did you want to be when you were growing up <laughs> as a young IJ, Mister <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was well, I was like a scrawny little Asian kid. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny story as to like. When I, was I don't even know why I said this, but they asked me. I think I was like four or five. And they, they're like, IJ, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then I looked at them and I was like, I want to be a housewife. What? I don't, I don't know why I said housewife, but apparently I said I want to be a housewife. I actually remember saying housewife. And I was like, wait, what? But I think as a child, I wasn't very <laughs> switched on in terms of like being passionate about um what I want to be as an adult. I just don't think my mind went there as a child. I think really? I, I was I was one of those kids that just loved to draw and loved to be creative. And I was just very in the moment. I never really thought about aspirations as an adult. Uh-huh. So, you know, when they asked me, they're like, I want to be a housewife. Because I never thought, I didn't even know what housewife meant. I remember hearing the term in The Simpsons when I was growing up. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a, something someone does. But in terms of, I guess... When I got older, I guess in terms of if I were to think of what I wanted to be, I think I definitely wanted to be like just, you know, have a family and, and be a dad, be a dad and, yeah. and have a wife. And I think that was like 
the most that I thought about what I wanted to be mm-hmm. as an adult. I never really thought about occupation. But what oh, about wow. you? I was uh, I'm completely the opposite. I've, I I started thinking about what I want to do like when I was like four. Wow. Um. I came to Australia in 2004. In 2005, I watched my first movie in Australia in the cinemas. My dad took the whole family to watch this movie called Goal. It's a soccer movie. <laughs> a Mexican boy mm. who comes illegally to the United States and he gets scouted to play in the um, English Premier League. That's like, that's my, that's my like childhood. And I, I, I wanted to become a footballer. Oh, wow professional footballer um <laughs> so sad yeah but that didn't work out <laughs> no but like yeah that's, that's what i wanted to be like that's who i wanted to be when i was growing up mm. and i watched that movie a hundred times mm. and like i was i'll use that my, as my blueprint of life to life and then like i really love sports so that's who i wanted to be growing up but yeah i asked that question because like you said earlier, IJ, the Bible tells us that we are children of God. We are adopted, as you said, um, into His family. And how do we? How do we? Um, I guess because I feel like, as a man or as a human in general, mm. me, like people can have many different faces. They can have many different, mm. like say, a personality during work, a personality mm. during church, mm. personality to close friends, yeah. not close friends, and how do we incorporate what the Bible tells who we are into, I guess, how we live in the world? Um, because mm. as you know, in the world today, you have people telling each other that you can be anyone you, can be anyone you want to mm. be. Mm-hmm. You can choose to be um, this, this gender. You can choose to be mm. uh, what? I don't know. X, Y, Z. X, Y, Z. X, Y, Z. How do we, how do we like, how do we like um, necessarily like, how do we like coexist with these, all, with all these different personalities? Mm. Um, I guess that's a question that I want to bring up as well. Mm. Um, yeah, like I think it's hard because like, I think just on the topic of identity, like I feel like, Going back to growing up, it definitely is something that drives you to make the decisions that you do. And I think because identity has the idea of how the world perceives you and how you want mm, the world mm. to perceive yourself, like to be like how you want to be perceived by the world. And so just going to that, it's like, I feel, yeah, like, there's just so many things that society throws at us mm-hmm. to say that, oh, you know, this identity will make you happy or this identity will, will give you fulfillment. And uh-huh. like all of us have this innate kind of longing um, to have some sort of thing uh-huh. that will sustain us or, uh-huh. or make us content or make us happy. Uh-huh. So I guess on that basis... It's just like, depending on the individual, what does that individual allow in or mm-hmm. or allow to shape them uh-huh. in how they conduct themselves to perceive a certain way? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I know for me growing up, 
I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, as a teenager, um, I really wanted a girlfriend and I wanted to be like in a relationship. Um, and so I definitely made everything about that. Yep, um, yep. So every school holiday, I would go to South Australia and stay with some extended family. While my parents worked, we were me and my brother would have a holiday yep. over there. And mm. I would mm. shape my life around this one girl that I've always wanted to like be around. And mm. so my identity was tied to liking this girl. So mm. my, my view is just like, oh, my worth and value and my identity yeah. is how this person perceives me. Yeah, and yeah. once they perceive me, like that person was my whole world and my whole identity. And so... Yeah, I guess into the topic of identity and, and from my human experience and, and um, yeah, I, I, I cared so much about how that female perceived me and and how I could be perceived by them. And so... Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. very interesting because you did say earlier how when I asked you who you wanted to be when you were growing up, when you were younger, yeah. you said being like a dad mm. was, I guess, your ideal person that you wanted to be when you mm -mm. growing up mm -mm. and then like as you said like you going to south australia s uh. staying with extended family yeah. everything like all your actions as well was mm -hmm. i guess rooted in yeah, that. rooted in that yeah. image of i want to be this father like yeah. this dad this father figure yeah. and i guess that's so interesting because i see the same in myself as well mm. um i didn't really have good intentions of becoming a soccer player actually uh -huh. I, I was honestly like after like all the benefits that comes along with being a soccer player, mm -hmm. like fame, wealth, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, find, I found myself pursuing all those things as well throughout mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how what we have in our mind of like an image um, that really dictates our actions as well and mm -hmm. who we want to be. Mm -hmm. that, all, like that, goes, like, that just goes to show how important identity identity is because it literally controls all our actions mm. and all our aspects of life in that case yeah, yeah. um i was gonna ask a question but i forgot what it was <laughs> okay oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, so the question i had in mind we, we discussed this earlier in the car as well mm -hmm. seeing like we asked the question okay who did you want to be when you were growing up now looking at the presence looking at yourself now um, what has shaped you up till now and what um what yeah what has shaped up what has shaped you till now to become the man you are now currently so i guess in the midst of trying to chase this kind of false or this identity that probably under delivers where it over promises and under delivers this identity of like oh if you have a relationship you'll be happy this and that mm. um, at the same time i was a christian at the same time I definitely, you know, went to church and did all that stuff and I knew what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus, but at the same time that was on the side and not as important as this bigger thing where I wanted to. Because you know, it's a good biblical longing, like being in a relationship, being married, mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, honors God. And I, I was going for Christian women kind of thing. So it was it was a good thing. Um, but I guess uh yeah, it, it definitely uh shaped uh my desires in a in the wrong way um but i guess what led me to where i am now is the way i guess god said no mm. 
where, where God closed the doors or where things didn't happen. Or basically when things didn't go my way, <laughs> I think shaped me. And it shaped me because, you know, when things didn't go my way, of course, sinful me would throw my hands up in the air and be like, it's unfair. How could it be like this? And, and just complain and wail and yell. But I guess that then built in me maturity because, you know, uh, yes, there were times where I would, be rebellious against God, turn mm -hmm. my back on God. But in the end, it made me realize that, oh, actually, the th that thing, that identity I was putting all my hope in and all my personhood in is actually empty. And so there's a reason why God, you know, says love him first, love vertically first before you love horizontally. Because if you try and love horizontally first before you love vertically, before you love God first, things start to go pear-shaped without God. Mm. And so I think I definitely felt and experienced that. And when, when things crashed and burned and didn't go the way I wanted, I realized, oh, okay, God, I see why you were saying no to those things. And so I think that's what shaped me, the no's, the closed doors. Mm -hmm. But then it led me to maturity. Mm -hmm. It led me to have integrity and, and me being like, oh, am I still going to be a Christian even if God doesn't necessarily give me what I want straight away? Or when he, God says no for a time or a season. And mm -hmm. I think it led me to be mature and be like, to be able to, to take, to not be so disillusioned by rejection or, or no, but to be able to yep. go back to maturity and say, oh, it's God's in control and it's a no. And I trust him in this season. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep moving toward him because mm. moving anywhere else is painful mm. without God. You know? And it mm. made me realize the goodness of God. But what what about yourself? Like do you feel like um are you in the process of learning that? Or are you where where are you finding yourself like or are you just being very patient? I feel like yeah I think um well you know how like in bio, like Sunday school we we always we always talk about this in church, like that we become more like Jesus. Help us to become more like Christ. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense in that um, the image that we aim towards is Christ. Mm. And if we're aiming towards Christ, then all our actions that follow, or the way we conduct ourselves in our lives, should reflect that of Christ, and it builds us towards becoming more like Christ. Um, but. I think for me, like I said earlier, how growing up, wanting to become a soccer player, pursuing all those benefits that come with being a soccer player mm. wasn't necessarily good as well. Mm. And as you shared, IJ, how God sometimes closes doors. He's ultimately, I feel like, yeah, directing us to a proper or yeah, a better direction that he desires us to become, mm. which is ultimately becoming holy like like his son Christ. Mm. And then, of course, yeah, like as he closes doors and through my experiences, I, I slowly travel on to the path that he desires me to be on. Mm. And then that path of identity, like, I think it is a lifelong process, to be mm. honest, becoming more like Christ. Yeah. And doesn't happen like overnight, of course, we are on it sometimes and then we fall off it. Yeah, for sure. Back on it, off it. Um, but yeah, that's, I think for me, I'm still working. I'm stuck. 
it's like it's it's a working work in progress and but i still do believe like having people around you that also are on the same journey is also mm. a benefit or i get it's a benefit for us as well um having mentors around us um seeing people walk the path that they are walking on um that you can obviously see that they are i guess becoming more like becoming more like christ mm. um yeah. yeah and i i feel like as you're on that journey of becoming more like christ re like reassuring yourself in the identity you have in god for like um is like yeah it's it's really you you see the goodness of god uh-huh like i think sometimes we see you know yes the the path to life is narrow while the path to to death is is wide oh, yep. but it leads to destruction uh-huh. but the narrow path yes it is hard and you fall off every now and then and come back on but you realize the goodness of god mm. you know i think we we see some of his uh nose as as oh you just don't want us to have fun this and that but really it's god's way of protecting us and loving us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because again that that the wide path leads to destruction and the narrow path leads to life and so it might seem hard to mm-hmm. digest the nose at times mm. but through the blessing of hindsight you come to realize oh no god was being so kind to me yeah, by yeah. saying no to me yeah because at that time i knew how messed up i was and that would have been that would have been even more disastrous if he uh-huh. was just like fine have it and then uh-huh. he just would have led to more problems led to more issues yep, because yep. at the moment with him saying no helps me deal with my prop my actual underlying issues that i guess on the surface i wouldn't deal with if i was on the wide path mm. but because i'm on the narrow path mm. things are being brought to the light and i'm actually dealing with it and i feel like god is definitely shaping me up for something mm-hmm. i don't know what it is but i trust that he is going to be using me for something for his glory and will and that will be for my good as well and mm. and i and i will be like oh i understand why I feel like I feel I can foreshadow that for sure. <laughs> At least, That's, yeah. I, I guess I guess yeah, because God is like yeah, He's sovereign and He uh, He completely understands who we are as a human. I guess more than any other humans alive on this earth, and for I guess um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Ah, oh, I can't think today. It's okay, dude. Sorry. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say was. Dot dot dot. <laughs> oh, bro, it's I've lost my train of thought. It's okay. Take your time. There's no rush. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's something um interesting I, I I've heard online. Mm-hmm. Of course, online isn't a good place to trust your resources. Mm. But they say, as a man, no no, as a woman. I know this might sound sound a bit traditional and like very radical, but as a woman, traditionally speaking, you almost have your role, I guess, your role set out for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, 
basically basically they were saying how yeah for women it's to become a mother you have that path to walk on mm-hmm. but as a man you almost have to discover what what you want to do as well um and of course like that's many things like and it's incorporated in your identity as well of, of what you do um because i'm pretty sure like what you do for work or as a career like as a career also defines who you are as a person mm. um because if you ask like someone so because the world's going to ask you like what, what do you do what, mm. who are you and then um for like most of the times we reply with what we do for work mm. and that's what we're known for mm. uh, but i was reading yeah like i was reading i think um i forgot the chapter but it's somewhere in second corinthians or other first corinthians of our as christians we are ambassadors of christ and what that brings into mind is you know how like in instagram you have brand ambassadors um for like for, for like nike you have cristiano ronaldo who's mm. a nike ambassador Mm-mm. what does it mean to be a nike ambassador it means you have to be the value you have to represent the values and the identity of nike basically uh. and for cristiano ronaldo i guess that is the fit lifestyle like mm. just do it um what is it like dominate in your sport yeah um, be successful be successful be great mm. lebron james be great mm. greatness achieve greatness yeah. yeah yeah it's it's i think that's what it means to be an ambassador and i ask myself yeah like during qt like what does it mean to be an ambassador of christ mm. what are the what who are who what are we representing mm. and what we do online or offline face to face with like our workmates how can i be a better ambassador of christ and i think that question can really help us with um like a mm. practical side of mm. how we, how we can incorporate the identity of Christ into our lives. Mm. How can we be ambassadors of Christ um, practic- in a practical sense? Mm. What, what do you reckon? Like, I think, I think it's, you know, to be ambassador of Christ. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I agree with that sentiment about, you know, you to, to be an ambassador, like you said, in the economy of this world, an ambassador for an endorser of, of a brand you have to be a certain level of success and, and stuff like that but i guess at the same time as a christian being an ambassador of christ might like yes we we have that sentiment of effort and intentionality mm. but i guess on the level of how it might look and be perceived it might not be as big and flashy as that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as as being you know pushed to the forefront but I think in the economy of of the kingdom of God, it's more of the humble and meek and the things that you do behind the scenes where nobody can see is what true ambassadors of Christ and success Mm. is, is where you can find the space of which where, you know, when nobody's looking, how are you honoring God? Yeah. And I think that in those spaces, that is what is considered to be rock star level in the kingdom of heaven. Is that, oh, to be able to like... You know, when nobody's watching, do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, to be yeah, able yeah. to minister to someone, um, uh, I guess, in a in a low-key way. Like, you know, sometimes we don't have to be a pastor to be mm. a minister or in a position of leadership to 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 be able to, like, you know, t- to share Jesus. Like, we can do it where we are. Mm. Whether you are a rocket scientist or whether you're a janitor. Mm-hmm. 
you can share the gospel regardless. So I think it's all to do with then the intentionality of the individual in whatever season of life God puts you in, mm, mm, mm. how you hold up that Christian integrity. Mm. I think like last week's sermon was so good. Like um, Pastor Jacob preached on 1 John chapter 1, I think it was like verses 5 to 10 or around that vicinity <laughs> versus well, chapter one, the later half. And um, yeah, he just talked about the integrity of, of what it means to be a Christian. You know, you don't just talk the talk, but you walk, the, you walk, walk the talk, talk as yeah, well. Yeah. And so this idea of like, yeah, there's this integrity that comes with our faith. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've been thinking about it as well. Like how, because if you think about on the online sense, if you have a couple th- a couple hundred followers, that's if you think about it, you just place like 600, 700 people inside a room. That's like literally a whore of people you get to share information with. Mm. Um, and as you said, in terms of like walking the talk, mm. what we share online as well as a Christian should also reflect mm. who we are in reality, like in real life. Yeah. Um, I think having consistency in those two areas also really builds trust, I guess, and builds like integrity with our non-Christian brothers and sisters. Mm. And that's something that I've, I believe that this space is also mm. um, very good for. Because mm. yeah, like I said earlier, if my assistant manager sees us, who am I as a person online? Mm. And then he sees me, yeah, that's like, he's being honest. It, it, I think it really builds like, yeah, like integrity. Yeah. And then um, that, provides an opportunity to share the gospel too yeah um yeah because your online identity and what you're speaking about and what you uh-huh. share about matches up to your yeah. everyday life because you know but how hard is that man oh like, yeah no i'm not saying that it's easy <laughs> it is definitely it's, hard yeah because it's hard because it's the idea of putting our flesh to death and putting on the new self mm. You know, that's a part of, and that's what it is to have the identity of God is putting on this new identity. And actually, I have a passage that was like very useful in me kind of, oh, is it here or is it? No, it's on my phone. <laughs> While you try to find that, I'll share like a, a quote by C.S. Lewis about integrity. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis says how integrity, he, he describes integrity as this. Integrity is... Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I can't think today. You can look it up, dude. Integrity is, yeah. I think, it, along the lines of doing the same thing when no one is watching. Yes. Yeah, I think I've heard. You've heard of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but anyway, what, what was it that you were trying to so find? So, like, going back to the idea of the topic of identity, I guess this passage from Ephesians 4.22, you were taught with regard of your former's way of life to put off your old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, 24. I feel like this text is a, a great example of what it is, why it's hard first and foremost um, to put on the new identity, put on your new self is because, yeah, we're putting our flesh to death and that is a painful process because denying ourselves and denying our carnal desires, it's a painful thing to do because we, we feel and we want, we feel and we want, but 
to be a follower of God is to renew our attitude in our mind to not just be so driven by our emotions and carnal desires, but to put on, you know, uh, the new attitude of your mind, um, mm. to put on the new self. Mm. And that's probably what in, literally God's word, <laughs> what God's word says about us mm -hmm. and what God tells us who we are in him and in Christ and putting on that um, new self and yep. is like, it's a hard thing because we have to change the way we think. We have yeah. to change the way we perceive ourselves, not in light of what society tells us, but in light of what the word tells us. Exactly. I guess yeah. Yeah, the question leads on to how can we put on our new self? How can we put on the new self? Mm. And like we discussed, it is through the word. Mm. Um, and I think practically what that's been looking like for me, I think we already touched on it before in, in what I shared earlier when I shared my diary entry and how my emotions perceive my identity as this sad person is to be able to refute that renewing of the mind with scripture. Um, and the renewing of the mind tells me that, for example, if you have, if you're like, oh, I can't do this because I'm just so stooped in this sin and I just can't do it, I can't do it. Then obviously, if you're thinking like that, you can't, you won't because you're, you're just already telling yourself you can't and you're telling your yourself you, you're going to fail then obviously there's no renewal of the mind there there's just mm. destruction and mm. so to be able to renew your mind is to speak truth and that truth is like no god has enabled me god has empowered me i've got another passage here oh my goodness <laughs> that is like such a powerful passage i find and it's in two Oh, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. So if you think that you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That in itself is a powerful weapon against, you know, the lies of Satan saying that mm. you can't do it, you can't do it. So it's like, no, like I can say no to temptation and God enables me to, to be able to bear it. And also he will give me a way out and our way out is knowing the truth. So obviously it's not just like, Oh, I'm, I'm faced with this. I have no option, but just to say yes to this temptation. But it's just like, no, there is a way out. You can say no. And there is a, probably a community of family you can rely on yep, to help yep. you pull out of that. So mm. again, it's just like, it is hard, yeah. but when you read God's word and understand that it is actually a weapon to be used, uh -huh. you can have victory walking alongside God in the spirit. Uh -huh. Well, at least I, I've been trialing that and it's been helping me it's and helped with my thought, self-talk uh -huh. and identity, uh -huh. restructuring my identity from, oh, I can't do this or I feel sorry for myself to be like, no, I'm victorious and I can have fun and I can follow God. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. Like just on that as well, mm. how important is the content we absorb daily? Mm. How yes. does it impact our, our identity? Oof. For the longest time, I feel like the content that I absorbed was a lot of rom-coms growing up and I was a hopeless romantic. And I think that's why I was so obsessed with finding a girl and this and that. And it just fed this narrative of like, you're a sad boy and you need a girl to make you happy. Like this whole narrative wow. where you're like, you're a sad boy and you need this fun, quirky girl to make you not sad and wow. happy. And that's like the common trope in romantic comedies. Don't you notice? Yeah. 
like there's a sad guy and one day this pixie manic fairy girl will come along and Peter Pan. yeah and be all quirky and fun and he will be all happy and then she'll disappear one day but like you know and then that yeah then in me it built this idea of like oh a girl will save me and make me less sad wow because i need to be fixed boys need to be fixed and only girls can fix boys that was a narrative Mm. on that topic of what society feeds us uh -huh. and i fell hard to that narrative. only now when i watch video essays of of rom-coms i'm like yeah that's <laughs> messed up like I, I i was full on a sucker for that i believed i was a sad boy and needed oh. a girl to fix me but the gospel tells me otherwise that it's christ who restores me heals me and gives yeah. me a purpose and future <laughs> yeah like i i do really find that content really is the mm. driving factor of mm. how we see ourselves because like even with movies mm. tell me if tell me if this is you as well mm. i often try to find the movies or seek the movies that best represent who i want to be in the future Ooh, yeah yeah um and there was a period of time where i literally just watched all like war movies <laughs> like 300 gladiator all those all those movies and i i do really see how impactful they are to my identity um how they shape i guess the way i carry myself in the mm. world as well mm. you know have you ever felt this like after you finish watching a movie yeah you walk out of the cinemas and you almost feel like one of the characters from the movie <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. you like identify self-identify in it yeah because yeah, you put yourself in it mm. it's so dangerous man yeah um Satan is tricky. <laughs> the devil is tricky. He will try and build any stronghold like, in your mind. Yeah, like this as well. Mm. The cinemas, it's literally like the way I see it, it's almost like the window. The window to it's the it's the only um window or gap that Satan has <laughs> to con continuously distract us mm. from the word. Yes, which sir. is a true I guess image that we should be focusing on our yeah. eyes on uh -huh. but every time we're distracted by the windows of satan yeah yeah it's it gets us i'm like do you know what it's funny though like there is this observation i've noticed in in my small group and in when it comes to prayer time and sharing there's one observation when when people struggle they struggle but the one time that they feel good and and motivated is just like in the morning instead of listening to secular music i listen to christian music and i feel good i'm like well obviously <laughs> it's like yeah when you feed your yeah. mind on things of god whether it be music singing praises to the lord reminding us of his glory his goodness his kindness then obviously that's gonna put you in a space where you know you were create like you know first and foremost our identities also another aspect of who we are is that we're created to be in relationship with god we're beings created to be in relationship with god so when you have the understanding of the identity then it makes sense that, oh, when I consume Christian literature or, or the Bible or, you know, listening to Christian things, that makes me feel better <laughs> because it's it's closer to our identity than any of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. We fill that hole with what can only be filled, um, which is the word of God, and the truth of God. Mm-hmm. If we fill it with anything else, mm. our identities won't match. Yeah, there will be a mismatch, and we are, we'll just constantly be seeking. Um, yeah, it's 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 just inter interesting how like 
as humans, all humans want attention. Yeah. Um, we're longing to be seen and longing known. Longing to be seen and known. But it's because we're longing to be seen and known by our creator. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the truths that we can speak to thwart whatever lies that are uh -huh. Satan or, uh -huh. you know, whatever secular things that says otherwise that yeah. makes us feel down. It's just like, nope, I'm not created for that. Yeah. Nope, I'm not created. My identity is this. Nope, uh -huh. I'm created to be in relationship with God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Because, yeah, that was the whole purpose of our creation. You know, mm. like what was the, you know, after... Um, you know, God created everything. Everything was good. And Adam and Eve were in perfect relationship, perfect rest with God. But then sin broke that. Mm. And so, you know, God is restoring that and has restored that through Christ and is continuing. And that's what we'll be at the end mm -hmm. of the day. Mm. You know, our end goal is to be with God. <laughs> amen, amen. In perfect relationship. Yeah, you summed it up well with that um what did you say earlier? Oh. The identity and, um, you know, our, our, we're, we're beings created to be in relationship with God. And then um, if it's not filled, mm. uh, we want attention, but um, right, we want to be seen. And we want to be seen. We want to, we want to be um, heard. But uh, that can only be filled if we really fill that with uh, the truth of God. Because we are, in fact, that can only be filled with the knowledge, knowing we are. Made to be a, in, in a relationship, relationship with God. Yeah, I think that summarizes it well. I can't speak today, man. <laughs> it's I'm okay. I'm very sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but yeah, solid discussion, man. Yeah, no, I think we 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 jammed him as much as we could in terms of yeah. what identity meant to us, and we went through. Yeah. We excavated. We excavated yeah. the work. <laughs> yeah, we just went in there. Went here, <laughs> went there, went here, and there. Because identity is such a broad topic. It is. It is. It is such a broad topic, and I think we definitely tried to flesh out as much of as what we could in relation to what we experience and what we've lived through so mm. far in mm. our lives. Mm. If you're still watching this, <laughs> well, first of all, thank you, and uh, <laughs> thank you. Congratulations for making it to close to the end of the video. <laughs> But if you do have like yeah different topics that you wish for us to discuss about as well, like Ooh. feel free to put it in the comments. Yes, yes, please. Yeah, actually, we've never done that. We've never opened the comment section. <laughs> People do comment. Ask and us, <laughs> ask us, ask us some questions that we can discuss. What are you? Yeah, maybe that could be a good segment to like if we feel like we can answer it at yeah, the yeah. start of the podcast. Uh -huh. Be like, yeah, yeah, this is it. I think yeah. that'll be a good, uh, good icebreaker for us as hosts as well. Should we um, should we um, impersonate our next guest? <laughs> yeah, okay, because we actually know who our next guests yeah. are. Wait, I oh, I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> I can. Can I? Can I? Wait, hold on. Can I do that one? Can I do? Oh right. Oh, I, oh you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because we only have one guest. <laughs> well, we have two. The, the Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> they're, aren't they brothers <laughs> yeah yeah well we brothers okay surprise we have two guests Ooh, exciting too and i'll i'll do one i think if i do this impression um the whole most of one family church should know who it is because it'll pretty much give it away but i'll do it okay i'll do the impression three two, two one. one she was my everything oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, where's your? <laughs> uh, my impersonation is this. I I I impersonate the younger younger dude as well. This is the younger dude. Um. Yeah. Um. I play Oztag and um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I'm person with the older bro, uh, um, older brother. Okay, okay. Hey, bro. <laughs> I know you're not. I know. You're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, bro. <laughs> yeah, I feel is like that, is that is that good? <laughs> yeah, I feel oh. like I feel like that's his tonality right there. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. <gasps> that is so true. I didn't realize he does that until you just did that. Yeah. There's a lot of quick little <laughs> s- snappy breaths in between sentences. Well, yeah, look forward to our next episode, guys, because it's going to be a juicy one. Yeah, it's going to be a juicy one, Double Trouble. And um, it's thanks for bearing with us and getting to know us as hosts. Uh, I hope you guys had a good time and also learned a thing or two about us and, yeah, hopefully about God. But you've been listening to The Pit. King's Army Podcast with your host, IJ. And James Joel. Till next time, stay classy and God bless. (laughs) 